Good morning. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Monica Braz. Monica is the Director of Marketing and Strategic Initiatives for BBB Serving Western Ontario. This morning on Ask BBB, we are going traveling. Later, we'll be joined by Gus Rayem, who is the president of Ontario Truck Driving School, to learn what it takes to become a big rig driver. And many people are turning to RVs and travel trailers to vacation this year. So we've invited Kirk Thompson of Can-Am RV to join us this morning. Welcome to Ask BBB, Kirk. Thanks very much. It's a pleasure to be here, Jim and Monica. Thanks for having me on the show again. So, Kirk, RV and trailers have really become a way for people to be able to stay isolated during COVID-19 pandemic and still be able to go on vacation. Can you talk a little bit about the impact on your industry that this has had and particularly on the Can-Am RV business in general? Um, well, it's had a huge impact on our business. Of course, we were uh, a little bit quieter during the shutdown, of course, but uh, Coming out of the shutdown, it's just been uh, really, really busy. Uh, a lot of people that uh, had other plans to go visit people or go on holidays and that have uh, realized that RVs really are the best way to protect yourself and isolate. You've always got your own bedding, sheets, uh, your own washroom that you're using. Uh, you know, you don't have to worry about who was in the room before you or getting in an elevator with somebody. So. It's, uh, it's become a really, really uh, great thing for people to go, still go travel and uh, go meet people at uh, different campsites. You can go around a campfire, you can keep yourself isolated at a proper safe distance, and, but still have that social aspect to it that you, that you just can't do in um, many other forms of traveling. And uh, Kirk, at the beginning of all of this, uh, weren't you involved in setting up uh, um an RV for some of the frontline workers so that they didn't have to worry about contaminating their family? Yeah, well, that was, uh, that was uh, something that I was really proud that I was able to help out with and, and giving kudos to other dealers. Uh, some other dealers did what they could as well. Um, but yeah, the first week when I was sitting at home closed up, I did all my spreadsheets and I did all those little projects that I thought I'll get to someday. And, uh, and I was feeling kind of useless and I was seeing people making masks and stuff like that. And I thought, well, what can I do? And uh, then a friend of mine called me and said uh, uh, he had a doctor that wanted to isolate from his family. He was an ICU doctor and wondered no, if I had a unit and kind of a light bulb went off on my head and I made a couple of phone calls to the hospitals. And uh, just after I did that, Barbie Allen called me and her uh, son, has asthma quite severely and has already been on a ventilator a couple of times in his young life. And uh, she's an ICU nurse and was just terrified that if she brought it home that, you know, it would possibly kill one of her family members. And I thought, well, this is a great thing that we can do. We can help out where, where we can and, uh, you know, help those people that are really not only putting their own lives on, but the lives of their family. Wow, that's, you know, that's a really good way to show how, you know, businesses can be creative during this pandemic time and really make a, a positive impact. So if we think about your impact, it continues, right? Because like we were talking, there's maybe a lot of new people who are interested in maybe getting involved with an RV and a trailer and using that for vacations. If someone is a novice, where do you recommend that they start? Well, I, I would recommend they, they come out and uh, talk to, to one of the sales uh, professionals there that 
really can kind of determine, help them determine which is the best uh, uh, model for their paths. A young family with uh, three kids is going to need a different type of uh, trailer or RV than, say, uh, a retired couple that's just two of them and want to do a lot of trips, whether they, it, it, there's there's a lot of things for people to, to consider. Um, and sometimes getting that layout, that size, uh, what kind of vehicle they have for towing with, um, that sort of thing will really depend on what kind of unit we can show them. Uh, I think it's uh, a great uh, um, uh, way for that uh, people, we have vehicles out there for them to test drive and, and tow and see what it's like. So, because that's always a big scary thing for a lot of people. What's it gonna be like to drive this motorhome or drive this trailer? And we have a couple of different models out there for people so they can take them out and see what it's like. Do you need any special licensing to uh, drive a vehicle with a trailer or to drive uh, an RV, Kirk? 99% of the RVs you don't need a special license for. If you get into some of the big uh, pusher diesel motorhomes, you need to get an air brake endorsement on your license. But uh, other than that, uh, your normal class license was, was fine. So in terms of budget then, you know, what sort of budget do you think people should think about, especially for RV camping? Um, well, purchase of the RV is one thing. Uh, you know, you can buy an RV, you know, we get a lot of people that uh, just buy them uh, like a car loan. Uh, they'll buy it, uh, you know, for, you can get one for as low as like, you know, $75 bi-weekly. Um, or, you know, even into a nice used one for anywhere from eight to $10,000, uh, people can, you know, spend up over a million dollars on them if they want. Our average RV is probably in that uh, $35,000 to $45,000 range uh, for a brand new one. But uh, the, the budget itself, once you've, you've bought, bought a brand or bought a new RV, uh, really the biggest impact on your traveling budget is your gas is going to be cost a little bit more you can kind of figure a rule of thumb that's going to be double what it would normally cost you in fuel um and uh the campsites themselves uh there are lots of free places to uh to camp but there's also uh you can do it kind of like hotels you can stay someplace just you know a nice spot off the side of the road that's uh on uh you know obviously not on the four one but on, on some of these uh uh, secondary places, or you can you can stay in a, a provincial park, or you can stay uh, at a conservation area, uh, uh, private campgrounds, and you can go all the way up to like a five-star resort with uh, you know golf courses and swimming pools and all everything that you would expect to see in a five-star hotel. Uh, so those will range anywhere from basically free to say twenty twenty-five dollars a night for for just kind of a basic site. Uh, up to $75 a night uh, if it's a real five-star resort. How far ahead do we have to, to plan to book campgrounds and so on? Uh, well, this year is obviously a little different than other years. If you're going to popular destinations, uh, say like uh, you want to go to the Pinery or you want to go to uh, um, up to Wasaga Beach, things like that, that are going to be, uh, you know, you're going to need to call and see what they have available. A lot of those places book up uh, fairly quickly. A lot of private campgrounds have, do have uh, spaces. I would always plan on at least giving a week or two notice to, to find out what's available. And there's going to be some places that are just sold out for the summer. 
but there's going to be a lot of places that you can go that are actually kind of hidden gems that maybe are a little bit off the beaten path that you get to and you go, wow, you know, can't believe nobody's gone to this place before. And it's, uh, it's just uh, fantastic. So my wife and I are heading, heading out on a trip uh, next Saturday and I haven't booked any sites yet. So I'm, uh, I'm probably a little bit behind on it, but uh, it should be, uh, uh, it, it shouldn't be too hard to find a spot. Well, I'm sure that if uh, people have any further questions, they can get in touch with you directly at uh, Can-Am RV. Uh, and Kirk, we want to thank you for taking time to talk RV with us here this morning on Ask BBB. Oh, thank you very much for having me on, Jim and Monica. Take care. You're listening to Ask BBB, and we've been talking with Kirk Thompson of Can-Am RV Center. Search the BBB directory under RV Dealers to find them. In a moment, we'll find out what it takes to handle an 18-wheeler. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan with Monica Braz, who is the Director of Marketing and Strategic Initiatives with BBB Serving Western Ontario. There is a motto that says, if you bought it, a trucker brought it. Truck drivers are an important link in the supply chains of the world, and that's certainly proved true over these past few months. We are joined now by Gus Rahim, President of the Ontario Truck Driving School, to talk about the demand for drivers and how to qualify to join this group. Welcome to Ask BBB, Gus. Thank you. So, Gus, you know, the importance of truck drivers in the supply chain has really been, you know, noticed, especially in the last few months. So what is the prospect for employment for qualified drivers then at this point in time? It's always been uh, that the, uh, there's a lot of driver shortage uh, for AZ drivers in Canada before the COVID-19 we had over uh, 20,000 driver shortage in Canada. And uh, Ontario is a big part of it because we have a lot of trucking companies in, Can in Ontario as well. So I'm not sure where it is now, but I'm sure it's still, uh, they're still looking for a lot of drivers. And with us being shut down for the last three months, it didn't help because we, we were not able to uh, train or license uh, any drivers. So we just got back as of uh, July 2nd uh, to do the in-truck training again. So uh, again, uh, we're taking on uh, new drivers and uh, helping them train and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, get them their license. What are some of the modifications you've had to uh, do to be able to do that training? Yeah, so uh, what they allowed us, allowed us to do while we were shut down uh, is to do the uh, classroom uh, via Zoom. Uh, this allowed us to continue taking on uh, new applicants uh, and also continue doing the online training for the theory portion. So we did quite a bit, quite a bit of it from uh, March till uh, till the end of June, and now we're uh, uh, with Drive Test Center being open. Uh, they're uh, they're giving us road tests, so we're starting to bring these same people in to do the in-truck training. And then at the end of that, obviously, there's a road test waiting for them to get their license. Are they different levels of qualification? The, the qualifications for an AZ driver, uh, we always try to say, uh, like in Ontario, you need to be 18 years of age and then uh, need to do a medical, pass a medical, pass a written test. And then we need a driver's abstract. Those are the qualifications besides the uh, grade 10 English or higher. Um, uh, these qualifications, obviously, at that time, uh, we were bypassing the uh, medical written because you couldn't get a medical 
doctors will not would not see them. And then also the drive test center was closed, so they couldn't do couldn't do a written test. So the way it is now is we're waiting uh, for the people to get their medical done and the written. Once they've done that, they start the second portion, which is the intra. How how long does the training course uh, take? Um... In normal times, about two months. So uh, at this point, uh, we're still saying two months, but you never know, right? Depends on what happens and how quick, uh, you know, the drive test center is able to deal with the influx of people. So besides the Highway Traffic Act, what are other regulations that truck drivers need to be familiar with? Well, the ones that are crossing the border, obviously, they need to know uh, the regulation uh, on both sides of the border. Uh, driving uh, hours, which is uh, the hours of service, uh, Canada, U.S., uh, they do have similar laws, but Canada has uh, a little different laws. Uh, for example, in the U.S., you're allowed to drive 11 hours uh, per day and 14 hours on duty. Canada, 13 hours uh, driving is allowed uh, and 14 hours on duty. So the on-duty driving, on-duty status uh, on both sides is the same. In the U.S., they only allowed 11. Canada, 13 hours driving. Uh, and then, uh, and then uh, there's also uh, uh, electronic logs, where uh, the U.S. has implemented that already. Where if you're crossing the border and with a commercial vehicle, you have to have an electronic log logging system. Where in Canada, uh, they allow you to do it either way. You either take a, either use electronic or use a, a paper log logbook. Uh, uh, Gus, how deep a knowledge uh, do drivers need to have of the mechanics of the trucks uh, that they're driving? Well, there's a lot of emphasis on pre-trip inspection. Um, they, they don't have to be, obviously, mechanics to drive it, but they need to know before they leave on a trip that their truck is safe uh, before they leave. So um, there's a... There's a schedule called Schedule 1 where the Ministry of Trans- Transportation put together and this is uh, talks about all the parts in the vehicle and some of them are major, some of them are minor. So a driver, before they leave on their trip, they're, they're supposed to do that pre-trip inspection according to that schedule. And that schedule, uh, if you find any uh, defects on the vehicle, uh, you go to the Schedule 1 and then have a look at it. If it's a minor defects, you're allowed to uh, record it and report it to your uh, terminal manager, but still go on your trip and fix it when you come back. If it's a major, then obviously you have to park the vehicle and get it fixed for before you leave. So there's a lot of emphasis on that. And the same with the air brake system. Uh, we offer, we are certified by the Ministry of Transportation to do the air brake course and, and, and sign off on their air brakes. They learn a lot about the air brake system as well. So besides training for, you know, large tractor trailer trucks, what other large equipment do you provide training for? So we do training on any vehicle except cars, uh, anything from uh, bus, uh, heavy equipment, uh, bulldozers, excavators and stuff like that. and then we do also forklift, uh, working at heights, uh, a lot of the safety courses that's needed in the transportation industry. 
We also do pre-hire road tests. Sometimes companies uh, don't have the, uh, the manpower to uh, take out people for road tests before they hire them. They would uh, send them to us. We do a road test for them and then report back to them. So Gus, how do we arrange for training and, and uh, how much does it cost? Yeah, so right now we have, uh, with the AZ, uh, it is mandatory that uh, the person has to take a, a training to obtain their license. So uh, the government put one in place, uh, it's 103 and a half hours uh, of training, plus we add the air break to it, so it goes up to about 120. That's the minimum that they can take. And that one starts around $7,500, and it takes approximately five weeks. And then we have two other programs that were there before the mandatory training, which is uh, they were uh, more intense and uh, and they're eight, uh, let's say eight weeks or nine weeks. And they range anywhere between 8,000 to 9,500 for the program. Is there any assistance to um, finance that for, for uh, candidates? Right now, uh, if someone is laid off, uh, there's a program called Second Career. So the, uh, they can uh, apply through any of the employment centers around them. Uh, there's also a program they just launched uh, for uh, foreign drivers that, that came to Canada. And um, this is something if someone uh, is needing a loan, they may be able to apply for that. As long as they're born outside Canada, they may qualify for it. Well, Gus, we want to thank you very much for taking time to uh, talk to us about what it takes to be a big rig driver. And perhaps uh, there will be a few folks out there who decide they want to get on the road. Well, and thank you for having me. You're listening to Ask BBB, and our guest has been Gus Riem, who is the president of the Ontario Truck Driving School, an accredited business with the Better Business Bureau with an A-plus rating. We'll be back in a moment with an alert on COVID-19 testing. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan with Monica Braz, Director of Marketing and Strategic Initiatives with BBB Serving Western Ontario. Well, as we move into the second phase of reopening businesses and potentially more contact with people outside our immediate family, people want to know that they're clear of the virus or that they have antibodies that might protect them. And that need has created an opportunity for scammers. Our BBB.org website has information about test kit fraud. Scammers are selling unapproved COVID-19 antibody tests that can give inaccurate results. In the process, the scammers are collecting personal information, such as your SIN number, date of birth, and other medical information that they can use in future schemes. So what should we watch for to be sure that uh, any test that we submit to or contract is legitimate, Monica? Well, if you do want to be tested to know whether or not you're carrying the virus, the best thing to do is to go, one, to, go to one of the official COVID-19 testing centers in your community. What the scammers are doing is making phone calls, usually a robocall that directs you to a website that looks like a clinic or a medical supply company offering COVID-19 tests. The site claims that the test can identify if you've been infected with the coronavirus, even if you've already recovered. Some of these even promise results in as little as 10 minutes. They tell you that to get a test, all you need to do is complete a form. Other versions of the scams just ask for credit card details. They go right to the chase, eh? So, so the first clue uh, that this is a fraud is the unsolicited phone call that you get. I guess the advice there is just hang up, eh? 
Absolutely. And if you want to know more about testing, make sure that you go to reliable sites to find information. Of course, we also recommend that you start at visiting bbb.org because you'll find links there to the official sites, as well as a wealth of information about the scam and others that are circulating at this time. You may also want to check out the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre for information about COVID-19 fraud and scams and how to protect yourself from those as well. Good advice. And Monica, that's our time for Ask BBB this week. If you have a story about a business that has gone above and beyond during this unusual time, send us an email or you can contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BBBWesternONT. And if you have a question or guest suggestion, tweet us at hashtag AskBBB. And if you're interested in becoming a BBB accredited business, visit us online at BBB.org and become part of one of the largest business networks in North America. And thanks for listening this morning. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Monica Braz. Remember, ask BBB. And start with trust.